Okay, so I have a few call-ins, mostly based on the usage dice. I've got a little bit more on my idea of the CRT uh, at the end, and I also have a kind of a question um, about like using our platforms here on Anchor, what we should use them for. So that should be kind of an interesting episode. Uh, what I want to say before we start, though, is that this is great. Like as I've been developing this this concept or listening to other people develop their own like house rules and these kind of things, all the back and forth is so fantastic. And when you think about like what I would imagine, right, in my fantasy, because I wasn't around then, the early days of the hobby where people were going to like uh, wargaming groups or conventions and like saying, hey, this is what my group's doing. Well, that's my, what my group's doing. And then each of them taking a few tidbits from the others and then writing their own sets of rules or modifying those rules. You know, I think that when we look at a lot of these histories that are being put forth today, people look at a lot of that stuff as like, oh, this person stole this or they did this and everybody's trying to get credit. But I think the idea of like a whole bunch of people just collaborating together and creating something is really awesome. So I'm all for it. I'm all for, you know, getting inspired by you guys as traffic goes by. I'm hoping that you're getting inspired by me, and I hope that if I'm putting out anything here that you want to incorporate in your games, that you do it, you know, because I think that that's what makes the one that's one of the things that makes this hobby so great is this like DIY nature of it and the idea that we can take the the game and make it what we want it to be. So, uh, yeah, let's get to the calls. All right. So we have some call-ins here from Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast about my idea to use Usage Die as effectively hit points. Hey Daniel, Jason here. So on the usage die, I would, I'd be okay with having multiple usage dice instead of increasing the size, but I would roll them all at once. So if you have four, 3d4 for your usage die, you would roll all 3d4 at once. And if you're old ones or twos on all three, all three of them, then you're dead. You know what I mean? I would do that. That's just me because I'm mean. The other thing I would do is I would be careful. I would not have the hit points increase every level, right? So maybe hit points increase every other level or something, but unless you had a hard level cap, because otherwise, you know, your 10th level character has 10 usage die, that's way too many um, for me. But I don't know. I'm interested to see what other people think. Oh, this is interesting. Now... When you're rolling them all at once, like let's say I have 3d8 as my usage of dice, and I roll all three of them, and one of them comes up a 1, and then I get like a, a 5 and a 7. Does that one die drop to a d6, or do all three of them drop to a d6? I'm curious what you were thinking there. I can't agree with you on spell duration, because magic should be weird and mysterious and evil, and coming from a place that's bringing chaos and madness into the world and I don't think it should be a science so for me in my worlds there's no way I would want people to know for sure the exact effect or the exact length of a spell because um, it's it's you know going to be fickle but I could see obviously if you want that in your world there's nothing wrong with you doing it your way so I, I don't see an issue with it but that's why I wouldn't use it for magic um, also I like the Especially for spells that are barriers, like web or, you, you know, something like that. I like the variability of you're not really sure how long that web's going to hold the creature. So, th there's that. Yeah, I agree with you from a narrative point of view. 
Um, you know, I think that, uh, right, magic being wild and magic being this and that is really cool and interesting. But I think the gamest in me, I guess, because this is one reason why I like Vancey and Magic. And a lot of people that don't like Vancey and Magic don't think this way that I do. But I look at a spell the same way I look at an arrow in a quiver or a, a coil of rope. A spell is a very uh, specific item that I that I have and that as a player, not as a character, but as a player, I want to know that when I choose that spell that I'm getting a result that I want. Now, that doesn't mean it always has to be exactly the same, but I don't think that a usage die is the way I'd handle it. I could definitely see doing things like, okay, like the fly spell in OD&D, right? It's something like six turns plus a, a D6 rolled by the DM in secret, right? So it is there is a variable there. But I don't know that I'd use a usage die. Uh, personally, I mean, I just think that it, it wouldn't assist it in any ways for me. So, uh, but yeah, that that I agree with you there because I think there's different ways to look at things, right? You can look at it from what's cool for the narrative and then you can look at it what's cool for the game. And I feel like having knowledge of the spells enough that you can make an intelligent player choice is more important to me than the narrative of the spell in that sense. As far as extra weapon damage, I mean, you've got two options that are, you know, varying weapon damage. Like you, I would be very okay with just doing a better chance to hit and being done with it. The other option you could do, though, of course, are, you know, have to roll the, the usage die twice for a massive hit or, you know, so effectively it counts as two hits. You, you know, some weapons or the other thing you could do, which would be really, um, no, I would do that. If I was going to do anything other than if I was going to do anything to show increased damage instead of doing the increased chance to hit, it would be maybe counts as two hits, you know, a hit from this weapon counts as two hits and you have to roll the use your die twice, but that could get monotonous after a while. So I think I would just do a flat weapon damage like you would do. What I find really interesting about your answer to Taylor's call regarding animals and, you know, doing the tables for combat is that it sounded simple. I'm driving, so, and there's a lot of traffic, so I might not have caught everything. But it sounded really similar in the end, what you came up with, to what Tunnels and Trolls does. You know, you're using the hit point of the animal, which is kind of like the combat rating for the monster, to handle both, you know, how tough it is how hard it attacks, how much damage it can take. And then you're adding in the weapons and the different things for the heroes and you're, you, you, you know, adding it all together. And so it, it's obviously not the same as Tunnels and Trolls, but it reminds me of how, you, you know, reminded me of Tunnels and Trolls hearing you talk about that, which I thought was interesting since Tunnels and Trolls was, you know, effectively your first fantasy heartbreaker, right? Where he said, I can do D&D better. That's so interesting. I, I wonder, um, I'll have to go look at Tunnels and Trolls. You know, I wonder being that, like, as you say, it was the first fantasy heartbreaker. I wonder how many things get picked up in other systems along the way. And maybe I've, you know, kind of, uh, through osmosis picked up some of these things through all these other games or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I, I've definitely heard the name many times and I think they still make it. I mean, but I'd be curious to see the original editions. I always like seeing where they started. Like, what did they think they could do? that was different than what was going on with D&D &D at the time. Because, you know, as I've talked about before, that's kind of what I'm doing here. It's like I'm rewinding back time and taking another road. You know, there was this 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 uh, nexus where everything was starting, and then people went off in lots of different directions, including TSR. 
And it's interesting to see what if they had gone left instead of right. So, yeah, I definitely want to check out Tunnels and Trolls. As to the uh, rolling multiple dice for the bigger weapons, for the usage dice, yeah, I, that definitely probably would become monotonous. One other thing I was thinking of as you were saying it, though, was the idea of, like, maybe the number on the usage die that, that knocks it down increases uh, depending on the weapon. So, like, if you get hit with a dagger, it's a, only a one on your usage die makes it goes down. But if you get it with a sword, maybe it's one or a two as a standard. And maybe a one, two, three, if it's like a big weapon, like a two-handed sword. And maybe like a giant hitting you with a stone, right? Maybe that is like a, a one through five on the usage die. Meaning that if you had a D4 usage die, at that point, the giant's rock hitting you would, would basically take you out. So that that's one way to do it, too. Interesting. There's so many different ways to play with this. I think that's one of the, the fun parts about doing this as a thought experiment. I'm not sure I would ever actually do it, but it seems like just a different cool way to kind of mess around with the hit point idea, since it's such a vague and open-ended idea anyways. Hey, this is Direct Sun. So I think you're on the right track with using the usage die for hidden hit points. Um, a while back I was using a house rule. I mean, it just kind of came about because uh, some of my players made new characters and they forgot to roll a hit dice. So whenever they got hit for the first time, we would roll the damage and then we'd say, okay, you know, uh, this person scored a two. So, you know, roll to see actually what your hit die are. Right. And so we use that as a house rule going forward. You know, new characters don't roll their first hit die. They only roll it when they, uh, get hit for the first time. And that was really fun. There's a lot of excitement at the table. Uh, you know, are they going to survive or not? There's a couple of roles involved there, and that was really fun. So I think it might be interesting keeping that uh, kind of tension up, um, you know, throughout the game with usage die, multiple ones as they level. But I think having all of these usage dies, like two usage dies for a two hit die uh, character, or, you know, five usage die for, you know, a fifth level fighter, they have five D8s. I think that may, you know, cause the same problem that I see with using the usage die for item usage. It's that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of upkeep and paperwork, uh, you know, that the player has to do. And at that point, you know, why don't you just track hit points? Um, but I do think that uh, that is interesting, you know, for the use of hidden hit points and kind of that excitement. Um, and I'd be interested to see how that plays out for later levels, not just for, you know, level one. Cool. Yeah, keep it up. Thanks, Drexon. That's, uh, you know, it's interesting you say that about the hit points because uh, maybe I'll ask people to start doing that too. I do that for monsters, you know, like any monster, unless they're like a really high hit die monster. And even then, uh, I usually don't roll a monster's hit dice until they get attacked the first time. So, um, you know, I, I kind of do that same way. So, like, especially if we're fighting, like, low-level monsters that have, like, one or two hit dice, the characters will attack and be like, all right, I did five points of damage, and I will roll the monster's hit points right there on the spot, and I'll go, oh, you, you, kill, you killed him, <laughs> you know, uh, which does kind of work against the idea that sometimes my players say, I want to go after the biggest one, because obviously I don't know which one's the biggest one yet. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I do that for the monsters, but I think that'd be fun for first-level characters. I think going along with what you said, plus what Jason said about like not wanting to have a lot of paperwork. Oh, trains going by. Um, I think that right having the hit the usage die go up not every level, but maybe like every third or every fifth level, would make it a little bit easier to track. But that's uh, 
that would you know require some playtesting. I think the way I would playtest it is I'd probably say, okay, let's play 10th level characters with this so we can see like how awkward and crazy it would be to do it. <laughs> And then go from there. And if if uh, if it was too awkward and crazy, then you know, I guess as a tenth level character, you'd only be rolling three, right? If you got one every five levels. So, again, I still don't think that'd be that big of a deal. I'm wondering though if that slow increase would be worse. And I don't know the math on it, so I guess that's what you'd have to figure out. Maybe you'd start everybody a little bit higher, so you wouldn't do a magic user as a D4 usage die. They'd probably start as a D6, and like your D6 type characters, like clerics would start as D8s, and your fighters would start as D10. And that would probably then set you off in a better spot so that, you know, not increasing as rapidly would not be a problem. Of course, then, now, now I'm talking myself around in circles, then you're really going to have that problem that people have with fighters in the more basic games where it's like, all they ever get is new hit points every level. Well, if you don't even get that, then that's, <laughs> what do you get as a fighter, right? So, I don't know. I think it's all very interesting, though, and I guess it depends on the table and who's playing. But I, I do like this idea of, like, it being up in the air whether or not... Uh, the final blow get you, you know? Huh. You know, I wonder now. I wonder if your usage die would be... Let's say everybody's usage die starts off wherever it is, and then what you gain each level is not more usage die points, but instead you get what is effectively... Like if you've played 5th edition Under the Dragons, you get what is effectively temporary hit points. So your fighter's usage die is always D8, but... At second level, they'd be a D8 plus one. So the very first hit they take takes hit point, takes away hit point damage. Then they'd be like plus two at the next level. So you'd have two hits before you have to dip into your dice. And I guess that would reset when you rest. Huh. So many options. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. But thanks for calling him. Hey, Daniel. The Pink Phantom here. I was listening to your segment on usage dice. And I was thinking, what if we used the usage dice concept and not the exact mechanic with hit dice. So you would have as many hit dice as your level, just as we do now, only instead of rolling those hit dice every time you level up to get your total hit points, you would roll a die when you're hit. And if it's a one, you lose that hit die. And this would, this would you wouldn't work your way down a progression with higher sized dice, but because higher sized dice, like a D10 or D8, are less likely to roll a one, than a d4, there would still be an advantage to having the higher sized hit dice. And uh, I'm going to make another message with an idea about weapon damage. So as far as weapon damage, what you could do is you could rate weapons as a, a die size of damage. So this is a one die damage weapon. This is a two die damage weapon. So a dagger would probably be your one die damage weapon and a, a two-handed sword might be a three die and then that would also work with spells as a lot of them are written for OSR type games because they tend to do a certain amount of dice of damage so again you throw a fireball it does six dice of damage you're gonna have to roll six hit dice and that may mean rolling your rolling your hit dice multiple times if you only have two two hit dice and you get hit with a fireball you gotta roll it three times you're a lot more likely to come up with that one and lose at least one of those hit points. Just a thought. Okay, I really like this. And it removes the issue that I think some people have been bouncing around, which is if you have too many dice and you're like doing a dice chain and everything else, it, it becomes a lot of paperwork. And then like, what are you really saving by doing this? Which is often my issue with the user's dice anyways. 
So this is great because you have no more paperwork. You just have your hit dice, right, which slowly mark down just like hit points. And typically they're never going to change, right? They're always going to be a D8 if you're a fighter, that kind of thing. And it doesn't have the problem with too many of them that Jason might have had because, again, if each one's going to be eliminated when you roll the one or two, it's not like you're tracking a whole bunch of dice. So, yeah, I think that's pretty elegant. And I like the idea, too, of the swords or a weapon doing X number of dice damage. And I guess you would just use the normal two hits. Armor would still do what it does, uh, decrease the chance of somebody hitting you. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool solution. I like it. Okay, so I've buckled down to finish kind of tightening up Unchained Swords as it would be, you know, now that I have this CRT idea. And as I started to, like, cut stuff away, I realized I don't want to remove what I'm calling abstract combat, which would be troop combat and chainmail, because I love throwing handfuls of dice. And I'm not going to use abstract combat for demons and stuff. I'm still going to use a CRT for supernatural enemies, and I'm going to use a CRT for any animals. And what I'll do is I'll just base their power level, right, based on what you might think. So like a a wolf might might uh, have two attack because wolves are pretty you know deadly, especially in medieval lore, and one defense. Because honestly, if you're hitting with a sword, you're probably going to kill the, the wolf, at least in a game, right? With one hit. So you might do something like that. So against the 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 hero, they'd be, you know, two wolves would be an equal attack, but uh, the hero could theoretically kill, you know, four of them in one swipe if he, if he was really lucky. So I think I'm going to use it for that. I'm going to give some samples, which I'm working on now, of like uh, approximate levels for different types of animals and also for, you know, kind of classic things like zombies or uh you know, giant apes, well, maybe not giant apes, but, you know, large apes and uh, maybe a demon or something. And what I'm also doing is I'm working on an idea that the hero, uh, of course, is always worth four figures on the CRT, but that will be multiplied by a, a number based on their stature. Because I think leaving them always at four figures, it really limits how far you can take the game. You know, you want you want to be able to have tougher and tougher monsters, of course. You don't always want it to be the same demon every time. And you don't want it to be too easy to kill the demon. Not that there should be a lot of demons anyways. <laughs> I think most of what you're going to fight are going to be people. But So it's not going to be a huge modification, but I'm going to use that. So I'm working on those mechanics, and I'll do a, quick, a few quick play tests with those, which I don't think will be a problem. I mean, just mechanically, it should, be, uh, it should work out the same as anything else. And hopefully I'll be reaching out again soon. I know some people had said they wanted to be part of a playtest before, and then I kind of dropped the ball. So I'll just re-reach out. And if you are listening still and you want to do it, then uh, we'll just resubmit and start over again. Because I, I want to be a little tighter too, so I can form the world. I'm going to make a little like couple paragraphs about what the world's like so people can create characters that uh, will maybe suit it well. Because I think ultimately in this playtest, I want to have each person run a solo and then eventually do some doubles and triples so I can see how that works out. Cause that's still one of the kind of the strange parts of this game is that it's really designed for like one player, one GM at its best. I think, well, I shouldn't say at its best because, you know, I know players, <laughs> I am a player and, you know, a lot of times people want to be the hero, right? So I, I think there will be a certain pushback on people that just don't want to play anything but the hero, which means that this game will likely be played by smaller groups which is totally fine because I think that's one of the struggles of playing is that oftentimes we don't have a whole bunch of people to play with. And when you're playing something that, you know, wants to have four players in the group for balance and you've got one, then you're either playing a bunch of characters or the GM's got to jump through hoops. So I think it'll be nice to have a game that's designed for fewer characters. Okay, so I'm sticking this here at the end because um, 
it's kind of off topic in a sense, but it's kind of about being off topic. <laughs> um, so I've noticed a couple podcasts lately have made some political statements or some thoughts about politics, and they put it at the end, uh, Nerds RPG Variety Cast and Hindsight List, to be precise. And, you know, they gave warning and stuff so people didn't have to listen to it if they didn't want to. And it made me wonder, like, should we be using our platforms, in this case, the anchor, uh, to get the word out, let's say, about things that we believe politically or socially? Is this the place for it? And I think immediately a lot of people will jump to the idea of saying, no, 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 it's not. I don't want to mix my gaming with politics. Uh, first of all, the I, I guess your definition of politics probably matters there as you're as we're doing this but also that rings to me almost with that line that you hear sometimes shut up and sing to musicians right oh no we don't want to hear what you think politically we only want to dance around the floor and i guess i can't fault that thought process but i also i wonder and i'm curious what people think about this i wonder if we should be more vocal when we feel like we should be obviously not if I shouldn't say should be, meaning you have to, but we, we shouldn't feel so hesitant to speak on social topics and political topics if that's what's on our mind. And as long as we, you know, give our viewers or listeners, I guess in this case, um, time to, to say, okay, you know what, I don't really don't care what Daniel thinks about politics, so I'm going to bail out now. So, yeah, what do you guys think? What do you think of my politics on politics? <laughs> Let me know if you made it this far. I will... Uh, Talk to you soon. Yo, Daniel. So, I mean, this is probably no surprise since you did mention me as the one of the people that have done this lately. But yeah, I absolutely believe we should use our platforms for whatever size they are, whatever reach they have to talk about the things that are important to us. There, you know, there are shows. We're whole people. And yeah, man, like... Uh, I, I think you should talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I don't know if that's what you were saying, but I, I fully support people using their podcasts for whatever they want to talk about. And, you know, if folks don't want to listen to it, they don't have to. But, there yeah, there's nothing at all stopping you or me or anyone else from talking about the shit we want to talk about on our shows, man. Anyway... Good stuff. I really like the the whole usage die for hit points discussion. I think it's been really, really interesting. And that pink phantom dude, that's a smart feller. Peace out.